Hello, everybody. I just got off the line with a Canadian country singer-songwriter, Genevieve Fisher. We talked about hometown of London, Ontario, motherhood, chasing new goals, overcoming the obstacles, fascination with Patsy Cline, Shania Twain, You Are My Sunshine performed at the Ilderton Fair, importance behind her Indigenous heritage, first hit song in July, playing the Boots and Hearts Festival, the first concert she ever attended, seeing Old Dominion Live, new single Thank You Music, and more. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Genevieve. Genevieve, Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, thank you so much for for allowing me to come on your your show and your podcast. No worries, no worries. And I have to talk about first and foremost. Obviously, you are building. You are in the process of building a new home. Um, tell tell the listeners about that process. Oh, it's so it's been amazing. I uh, I'm huge into like home design and interior design. So. Um, it's been a very busy uh, time for us, but um, it's been a really cool process, but a lot of work, but it's been really great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I want to I would just ask you, how, how has your schedule been? Has it been hectic? Yes, I will say the, the last, uh, I would say four or five months have been pretty hectic. Um, you know what? Even my summer was, was actually quite hectic as well. Um, just with shows and having a baby, being a wife, trying to still live a normal life and and traveling quite a bit for shows. But um, of course, around Christmas, it slowed down. So that was nice to have a a little bit of a break with with the family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I have to ask right off the bat, I mean, you are a new mom, obviously, to a baby boy. Um, can I talk about the the importance of motherhood for you? Because I feel like that's such a significant part of your career already. Um, can you just talk about more about the what it what it means for you to be a mother now, and and how have you really changed in sort of your scheduling, but also handling those types of angles of stuff? Absolutely. I mean, um, what a what a whirlwind. Um, I think when I was was pregnant and sort of preparing for this new uh, this new time in my life, I think I had sort of um, this idealization of what it was going to be like, and then it turned out to not really be anything like that. Um, and it's challenged me in a lot of ways. I think going into motherhood I thought that I was going to know it all and and have everything together and be able to juggle you know motherhood and being a wife and having my career and you know still just taking on life um and it was extremely challenging at times um I definitely love talking openly about being a mother but um I definitely struggled for a little while um just essentially trying to divide my my time between music and and motherhood because another thing that I never want to happen is to look back and regret not um, being more present as a mom because this is a time in my life that I will never get back. So as much as, you know, my career is still very important, being mom is is number one for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and do you feel like now with you being being a mom, has that really sort of challenged you to chase new territories in terms of your career and chase new obstacles that you've never really been through before? 
Absolutely. I think it almost opened this whole new door for me where, um, you know, even when it comes to writing music, I want to write music that also relates to this time of my life, um, which hopefully will allow me to connect with other moms um, and kind of hit a, a bit of a different different demographic. I mean, of course, you want to kind of create music that people want to party to and, and, you know, festival kind of music. But um, I think it's really important that I also stay true to who I am as a as a person right now. So creating music that I think other moms are going to relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And and I have to ask, how's how is your son right now? He's so good. He um, he'll be two next month on February 12th. So um, we're looking forward to celebrating with him. And it's just been incredible to see him grow. He's so much fun right now. He's a very busy boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and funny thing is because um, it's so funny that we're talking about this because I was actually, I think it was not a long, not long, too, too long ago. It was, I was talking to somebody about, um, man, how fast people grow. And I was, I was also mentioning how, because I have this cousin who's like, what, seven years old. Okay. Um, and I was, I was in my head, I was thinking, you know, we, we go on vacation to like Niagara Falls and those things. And we go to like arcades and stuff. And here I am as like an, a 20, 21 year old um, with a seven year old in an arcade. Right. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm saying, man, I, I, I don't belong in this place because you know, like I'm too old for this stuff and whatever. And then in my head also, I think, man, I, I wish I could just relive these days. And then I kind of come to the realization and realize that, you know, man, you can relive those days through the eyes of that seven year old, you know, like, um, do you, do you ever like go to places like that and then have that moment where you're like, man, I wish I could just relive those days and and then just do that all all over again? Absolutely. My my husband and I actually were were laughing the one day we took my my little guy to um sort of like one of those indoor play places where they have slides and obstacle courses and what whatnot. So of course we have to go in with him. He's not even two years old, so. There we are climbing through the stuff, going down slides. I'm like, this is so fun. We got to do this more often. <laughs> so we're living vicariously through my son. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also, I think, uh, you know, like um, uh, there was this uh, four-year-old as well that we went to the Ripley's Aquarium in Toronto, uh, yeah. where we are right now. Um, and I was it, was, it was just such a really cool thing to see the, the level of excitement um, he gets from from just seeing different things, and then there's just there's just this play, play place that they have in there as well that they can just roam around and freely just express themselves as a little kid. Yeah. And then you know it's just those moments where I'm like, man, who am I? You know, <laughs> it's it's just those moments where you just blank out in moments like that. So, um, and I want to talk about obviously you're from I think you're from London, Ontario. Born and raised in London, Ontario. Yeah, and and was was sports ever around in your in your household? I'm gonna be honest, not really. I mean, my sister was definitely more athletic than I was. Um, I think I played soccer and baseball for a couple years, but other than that, I was always just very into into my music. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and honestly, I I feel like Canada is, you know, as as a country, I feel like they're really attached on to hockey. You know, yeah. like, um, I mean, is is your family rooting for any teams in 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 the NHL? Yes. So actually, my my husband uh, was a professional hockey player. He actually played um, in the OHL. Um, he played for the Erie Otters and then the Sioux Greyhounds. Um, so hockey is obviously a big part of part of our life now. Um, but yes, we are Leafs fans. We have taught our son to say "Go Leafs, go!" So that's pretty awesome. But yes, huge Leaf Leaf fans here. Well, well, you're lucky because I am I am a Leaf fan as well. Okay, good. Yeah. So 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 we're not on opposite sides, which is really good. Um, uh, so I, I want to talk about also. This is so cool. You did a You Are My Sunshine performance at the Elderton Fair at age two. I mean, it, it's so long ago, that. but do you remember those moments and what was it like? I mean, back then, I don't really remember, to be honest. Um, thank goodness for VHS tapes because I can look back on those memories. Um, but I definitely have fond memories of, of growing up and, and competing in different singing and talent competitions throughout Southern Ontario. But um, gosh, I don't remember my first singing competition, but um, it's crazy how much it changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. And can you talk about more about the uh, your musical influences? Because it seems like you, you're really immersed into different um, artists uh, when it comes to Patsy Cline and obviously before we started this interview we talked about Shania Twain yeah. um, how much how much of that really weighed on your music um oh man I mean huge I just remember you know when I was heavily into competing in, in competitions that I always loved singing Patsy Cline line songs brenda lee i think it was more of the tone of their voice um i felt like i had similar qualities um so that's kind of how i fell in love with some of those old-time country country singers um but i mean obviously shania twain was a huge influence um for me she was just an incredible songwriter performer um even how she dressed i just I loved everything about, about her. So huge influence. And even in terms of how I would try to try to dress, you know, when I was, was younger and, and still to this day. Yeah, uh, certainly, certainly. And, and also you, you have this importance of also making it very clear about your indigenous heritage. Um, how much of that is, is such a significant part of, of who you are as a person? Yeah. I mean, that's something too, that I, I, more recently I've talked openly about, but I definitely struggled a little bit with my identity uh, growing up just because I was not, you know, born and raised on, on a reserve. I still have, you know, so many family members that, that live on Chippewa. Um, but I, I definitely struggled um, just with my identity and my culture itself. I didn't know much about it. I wasn't raised with it, um, but it, it was when I was in university, when I was studying at Western, um, that I really started to dive into into my culture. Um, I ended up actually minoring in First Nation studies, um, so I got to learn a ton. I got connected with with other Indigenous students, and it was 
it was a really incredible time for me. And I feel like I finally felt as though I belonged to the Indigenous community. So that was a huge moment for me. And I'm just very grateful for kind of my close-knit family um, at Western for helping me kind of get more connected with my culture. Right, right. And and also, this is this is not anything. I don't want people to think this is a political related thing. But yeah. but this but this question, I I, I is such it weighed heavy on my mind because I thought it was it's such an interesting thing, interesting thing that when I was doing some research on you and knowing that you have an indigenous heritage, you know, we there's a lot of talk now about reconciliation um, and those parts of uh, of of those natures and stuff. Um, can I ask you about the do you feel now there's a point in time where you're seeing do you feel there there'll be there will be a time where we see reconciliation with those types of people and and also you being with the indigenous heritage do you feel like now with everything you've learned about your culture and and getting really immersed in that do you feel that there's a point in time where that will happen yeah i mean it's definitely always going to be a work in progress in my in my opinion um but it has been quite incredible to see you know, even on online, um, the amount of people who are more vocal and supportive of Indigenous people, Indigenous organizations. Um, I I, uh, I follow a lot of um, especially female-led companies uh, who are Indigenous. Um, there's actually a makeup company called Cheekbone Beauty, um, and the, the owner of that company, her name is Jen Harper, and I love following along her journey and just seeing the impact she's making. But I definitely think it's always going to be in a work in progress. I mean, it is a political thing to talk about because people have their different views on, on Indigenous people and Indigenous issues in Canada. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're getting there, but definitely still a work in Right, right, absolutely, and and I, I want I want to go now to talking about um, honestly, there was such some hard, there's so many hard times um, in the past uh, few years, obviously with you know the COVID lockdown and those things, um, but reading more about you in in quarantine, you really seem to develop into the piano skill set of your your music. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I almost did. I almost in a sense felt like I was forced to really kind of get back into the piano um, just because it was me, myself, and I. And I thought, well, I don't have a guitar player here with me. So I think I'm going to have to sit down and, and kind of do some work at the piano. I, I was trained classically. I have my grade six in piano. I needed it for my university program. Um, so it was, a, it was a cool time for me. I mean, challenging for sure, um, but very grateful for that time because now I'm always playing piano I play piano now in my my writing sessions so it's it's been actually a huge help for me it's been really great to also incorporate it into my live shows so I'm uh, as much as COVID was hard I'm grateful for some moments in COVID that allowed me to just be home and, and work on my craft so yeah absolutely and I I've, I feel like you know I need to ask you this because obviously you you picking up the piano skill set and developing that in quarantine. But when when you first started to do that during the quarantine period, um, did you ever have moments where you just freaked out because you're like, I haven't done this in a while. 
or if if I try this thing something new now uh, playing piano um, in a time where I don't have a guitar player um, it's just me and a stripped down piano was it just moments like that where you just have those freak out moments yes especially when um, I started to do like Instagram lives with um, you know different artists or I think I did a couple I actually did with steam whistle um the brewery in toronto they they were doing kind of this cool live thing um for people on instagram so they asked me to do a show and i think it was about a half an hour show and i remember before being like okay i'm starting to sweat because i'm nervous i don't want to mess up while i'm playing piano it was just so new for me um to accompany myself um so yes i did have many uh, you know freak out moments of Hopefully I don't mess up because this is live and people are watching. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it did give me a kind of this boost of confidence, like, okay, I can do this. Um, yeah, just just a good boost of confidence for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and with your with your song July, that was I think your first hit um, yeah. in 2020. Tell me more about the creation behind that song. So actually, July was released. Oh my gosh, hang on. July was released in 2011 or 2012. That was like my first kind of huge song at radio. Um, but that was a cool moment for me. I was 19, I think, and um, new on the, the country music scene. I had released, I think, one or two songs before then, but this was sort of, a moment for me where I felt super strong about the song and, and it went over really well. It hit 41 on the, the charts in Canada. So it kind of put me on the map. And after that song was released, I actually got asked to perform at the CCMA New Artist Showcase um, in, Sas in Saskatchewan. So that was, uh, that was a really cool moment for me. And what an incredible song to look back on and think like this is kind of what started it all for yeah, certainly, certainly. And and how old are you right now? I am 30. Okay, so so the question now I want to ask you is, you know, when you first released that song July, um, and you said it was around 19, um, what would you tell that 19-year-old self now um, about how far you've come uh, in your career today? And I think just to like, I don't know. I mean, I've gone through so many ups and downs with my, my career. Um, the music industry can, can really take a toll on your mental health. And I know that there are so many artists who feel the same, but I think I would just say like to not, obviously you want to put focus on, you know, you know, radio and, and streaming and, and all, all of that. But I think what it boils down to is just make sure that you're just always staying true to yourself and creating your, you know, music that means something to you um, and to not get so caught up with the social media side of things as well. I think as the years went on, um, I think I, I, I would sort of get into a bit of a panic mode regarding social media side of things. So just to always be you, because I think you'll you'll gain those authentic followers just by being yourself. Absolutely. And and I also want to go further back and ask you this. Um what would you say to that two-year-old self that was at the You're My Sunshine performance at the Ilderton Fair 
and now the 30 year old self that you are now, what would you tell the two year old self? I mean, I don't just hang on tight. You're, you're in for a ride. <laughs> you're in for a wild ride. No, I, I just think to, again, to just, yeah, just to believe in yourself too. Like I had so many moments where I doubt, I've doubted myself. I still, I mean, I still do that to this day, but yeah. Even when I think about Harrison, my, my little guy, I just, if I'm not, um, if I'm not my biggest fan who will be right. So I want him to also look, look at what I'm doing and be proud of his mom that I'm just doing something that I love and kind of take, take me for me or yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Bobby bone show okay. and I, and, and I, I, I watch it on the daily and there was this interview that he did with the runaway June recently. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I think one of the runaway June members was a new mom and she was kind of like going back to those moments of saying, man, I'm so sorry that I'm your mother because um, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, and so when we're talking about, um, you know, your, your baby boy, Harrison, do you ever have moments where you just, you just kind of break down and say, I'm so sorry that I'm your mother, that um, I just don't know what I'm doing, but then, and you end up figuring it out. Do you ever have moments like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Again, I think it's so important to talk about because I know I'm not the only mom who, who goes through this, but you have days where you're like, am I, am I cut out for this? Am I a good mom? I feel like I have days where I doubt myself as, as, a, as a mom and like, am I doing this right? Am I raising him the best way that I possibly can? And I think it's just, you are the best thing for your own child. You always will be. You'll always be their safe place to land. So for me, I just always kind of remind myself of that. And when I have days that I'm telling myself I'm not a good mom, I just think I need a good kick in the the arse. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know no, honestly, I totally get it. I, I, I think that like, I think that's a normal reaction. I, I don't think that's anything to shy away from. I think that's just something that it's it's human nature. It really is, you know, it's, it's not something to be afraid of. Um, and obviously you've had so much accomplishments. Um, and we have to talk about that. You, you have so many, there's, there's just that David James, then there's you feature. Um, then there's the playing, there's the playing favorites one. Um, your first solo top 40 hit, um, first time name appeared in the top 40 or two different songs at the same time. CMA Ontario nomination single of the year 2018 female artist of the year 2013 2015 2016 2017 2018 and 2020 ccma yeah. performance selection um man like your your list of accomplishments seem so big right now um and obviously you've had a lot of playing out experiences that have helped shape that um yeah. boots and hearts festival um yeah. talk talk to me about that yeah oh man boots is like it's every artist's huge bucket list, I think, festival to play. So it's been pretty cool to be able to say I've played it multiple times. Um, I think the fans at festivals just bring kind of this different energy. They're there to party. They're there to listen to good music, to dance. So it's a, it's a super fun festival. And obviously I hope I get to play it again in the future. Um, 
especially because I have so much new music that's coming out over the next year. So, um, yeah, that was a huge bucket list moment for me and a moment in my career that I was like, okay, this is, this is huge for me to be playing a festival. Absolutely. And, and I want to ask you, what was, what was your first concert? Okay. So my first, my first concert with a band backing me was actually um, in my community of Chippewas of the Thames, which is just outside of London. And I had the opportunity to open for um, an Indigenous um, artist. Her name's Crystal Shawanda. She's a country singer. Um, but I've always been such a huge fan of her. Um, her voice is incredible. So that was a really cool moment for me to actually perform at, you know, at my community for my community and uh, open for a huge country artist. So that was cool for me. Absolutely. And, and what would you, uh, what was, what was the first concert you've ever attended? Oh gosh. First concert. Oh, I want to say like, <laughs> I want to say O-Town. They were like a boy band but I, I vividly remember going to their concert at Centennial Hall in London. And I want to say that that was my first concert. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, and, and, and what would you say the, the most recent concert you've ever attended? I was just at the Old Dominion concert in, uh, in London at Budweiser. Um, oh, yes. Yes, I did. I, I saw that on your story. Yeah, yeah. They were so good. They were so good. They sounded exactly the same as their stuff on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Old Old Dominion. Um, I remember watching Old Dominion on Songland. Um, if you ever seen that show. Yes. Um, and they they were pitched several songs, and Caitlin Tarver, Caitlin Tarver, who was um, I think Joe on Big Time Rush. Um. Okay. And she had a song called Young that she pitched to Old Dominion. Okay. Um, and then it got selected into the writer's round. Um, and then Shane McAnally, I think, was the the person who helped produce and rewrite that song. Um, and then it ended up winning. Um, and Old Dominion used that as their song for the Jeep commercial that they did. Um, and it's called Young. Um and then they they performed it in a concert for the first time, um, and and I think like that was the first time I've ever came across Old Dominion, um, and then I think one of my favorite songs from Old Dominion would be Hotel Key. Um, oh, so good. Yeah, it's it's a really good one. And uh, he, okay, hear me out. I think a lot of people will will criticize me for this, but I have to say that I've never been to a concert in my life. What? No, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> Hey, when are you gonna go? When are you gonna do this? Listen, I think like my plan right now is like I'm 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 gauging everything out. I'm I'm seeing like I really wanted to see Celine Dion. Okay. Yeah. As as my as my first concert. I've I've always wanted to see the people who are going to come off the stage and and suit enough. I think there are some artists that are gonna be retiring soon from touring or whatever. Sure. And I wanna see them come off the stage first rather than going to like a modern day type country artist that 
even though I love I love modern country artists, I think it, it just you cannot compare it to people like Lionel Richie, Celine Dion. I think one of my favorites that I've always wanted to see has been Celine Dion or Lionel Richie. Two incredible artists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, Dion is there's no one like her. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And as as we're wrapping up here, I want to ask you about. Um, I mean, how do you? I don't know how to really describe this question, but I'm actually going to put this put this question out. Do you, with all the experiences you've had in your career, do you feel gratified by everything now? <laughs> yes, it's. I I love this question. My manager and I often talk about success is how you measure how you measure it. Um, same with fame. I think that it's all how you yourself interpret it. Um, I can genuinely sit back and say that I am over the moon and overjoyed with the success that I've had thus far as an independent female artist. Um, I, I hope I can say that I've gained a lot of respect from other artists and industry members. Um, but something that I truly pride myself on is just that I feel like I truly am my authentic self. I'm, I'm, hopefully kind and and I hope people look at me in that in that kind of point of view but I am I'm, I'm really happy with with the way my career has shaped out to be and I hope that I I don't slow down at all and just continue to grow grow my career absolutely and and with my last two questions my second last question to you and and this has challenged every single person I've ever brought on the show um okay. And so I'm going to pose it to you now because I feel like we've we've already had this great conversation, but I I, I feel like I really want to challenge you on this question. So right. here it is. Um, what would you say is the most personal, immersive, powerful out-of-body out experience in music? Oh, man. That is a really hard question. I would say for me, I think I've had moments like that on stage, especially when you have an audience who is so engaged with you and your show, it's a moment that's very difficult to explain. Or getting off of the stage after like a really high energy show, um, it takes a lot for me to like come back down from that. It's almost like a high. <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty crazy. Um, but I would say, that's what I would say, is like a really having a really, really great audience being so into your show and you coming off that stage feeling like you're actually like having a, an out-of-body experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I totally understand that. And I think my last question would be, if you were to play a song with anybody who is already in heaven, who would it be and what song would you play? Oh my gosh. What are you, you're, what are you doing to me? Let me think here for a minute. This is a really tough question because um, my husband's grandmother passed away um, in April of last year um, and we were extremely close to her. And I do have one regret. I wish that before she passed that I sang to her more when we went to go visit her. So I think if I got to see grandma one more time, I would um, sing her my song that I wrote for my son called Heart. Absolutely. 
Um, and I, I want to just wrap up and if you can briefly explain your your song, Thank You Music, because obviously with all the experiences you've had in your career and and your your son Harrison and your husband, um, your family, um, all those combined, I mean, your song Thank You Music has really been an anthem for people who really have been influenced by music and touched by music in some way. Can you explain more briefly in in terms of how that came together? Yeah, so I actually, I wrote, um, I wrote Thank You Music on January 20th of 2022. I co-wrote it with one of my closest friends in Nashville. Her name is Jen Schott. And um, we were writing via Zoom. And I had gone into the writing session. I was going through a bit of a, a rough time. My son was about to turn one. I was feeling a little bit lost, both personally and professionally. And I told her that I, I really wanted to write almost a, a farewell or like love letter to music. Because at the time, I really wasn't sure how music was going to pan out for me. Um, I was I was struggling with motherhood a little bit. I think I was maybe dealing a little bit with some postpartum. Um, um, and so she actually came up with the idea of like, she's like, why don't we title it? Thank you music and actually write like a thank you letter to music and how it's helped shape you, how it's, you know, been hard for you at times. Um, so that's kind of how the song came to be. I think we wrote the song in a couple of hours. And, um, I remember after writing it that I just, I, I wanted to just keep singing it. So it obviously really resonated with me, both lyrically and musically. Um, so that's kind of how the song came to be. And I can genuinely say it kind of sparked a new life in me and uh, proved to me that I'm not ready ever, right, as of right now, to leave leave the music industry. It's just such a huge part of, of who I am. And um, I think it's going to continue to shape who I become in the future. So. Absolutely. Well, I'm 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 a big fan of that song. Such a such a really poignant song, and it, it's going to really resonate with a lot of people. Um, and well, we've come to the end of this interview, but thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been such a pleasure. Um, to the listeners who made it this far into the episode, thanks so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Canadian country singer songwriter Genevieve Fisher. If you want to connect with Genevieve, you can find her on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and or on TikTok. To help support my show, you can feel free to share it with family, friends, or social media. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, or on Facebook. You can listen to my show on all podcast streaming platforms. I've been your host, Shigmin Kelsing. Thanks for tuning into the show. Thank you.